welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am once again joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you doing? Doing well, Henry. Happy to be here. Right on. We are joined by the man known as Rainier. Rainier, how are you? What's up, guys? I'm good. Summertime's here. Summer, summer. Yes, indeed. Today is May 27th, 2021. We're going to talk about the animated TV show, Invincible. The much-talked-about animated TV show, Invincible. Um, But first, quick FYI, the Comic Sauce podcast is now on social media, so you can check us out at Comic Sauce Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, let's uh, let's dive right into it. Invincible. This show is based on an image comic series of the same name, created by writer. Robert Kirkman and artists Corey Walker and Ryan Otley. Uh, so, yeah, this this show has been um, much talked about as of late. Um, you know what I thought we could start with is how how did it come to be that you saw this show? You know. Um, where did you first hear about it? And then how did you come to see it? Um, like, what was your experience in getting introduced to this show? Um, how about you start with this one, uh, Rainier? Uh, I saw the news headlines early that they were um, in the works to do a uh, Invincible animated series. And I'm glad it came to fruition. Um, I mean, I feel like Robert Kirkman has had a lot of success with a lot of his, you know, career owned projects. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's got, uh, I don't want to say big shoes to fill, but like there's an, I feel like there's an expectation considering the success of the walking dead comic, the walking dead TV show. It's like, Oh, what's he going to do next? And, uh, yeah, I think this show delivered, so um did you see the show as they aired or did you watch it uh like subsequently did you oh yeah how did that go i caught it i think i caught it a little late i started when they had already aired the third episode um so i went into the show actually not knowing a whole lot about it and it's interesting the the bait and switch that were given where it's we're diving into this right now, right? Yeah, let's give a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for Invincible. Go yeah. ahead. I mean, it starts off as a colorful animated superhero show. Um, yeah. You know, there's it, there, there's there's um, explicit language, so you know that there's going to be some amount of adult content, but it, it opens up very bright and poppy, just kind of like your generic superhero show. And then it isn't until the end where you see the show open up with just this gratuitous murder of a superhero team yeah, <laughs> by the hands of like the guy that you would least suspect to be the one that's going to like murder his own team. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Like, or it's funny. Like when I was watching the show, 
my wife, she walked in as the credits were airing and my mouth would like fell to the floor. And she was like, what are you watching? <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, you got to see the show. <laughs> uh, it's not for the faint of heart. Definitely don't watch it with your kids. Amen to that. Okay. How about you, Christian? How were you introduced to this show? All right. So I'm, I've never actually picked up like uh, that much of image before. I think I've read like a little bit of Spawn and Walking Dead here and there, but I've never been that into image. So um, this show just started to get a lot of buzz. And it was like that show, yeah. that new show that everyone was talking about when it started airing. And that that's kind of how I picked it up. I think after a conversation, we were having a conversation, the three of us. Uh, and uh, Perfiro after an episode, and I think Rainier, you actually said you guys gotta watch Invincible. Like, and you seem so enthusiastic about it, and like I heard a lot of it from just you know around you know around the internet and all that. So I just kind of checked it out like completely blind, 100% blind, not really knowing what I was getting into. And you know, like first episode, you're like, ah, oh, this is all right, you know. And then the, just that bait and switch after the credits, and you're like, this is, wow, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Oh, man. And I think I started around episode four or five, I think, is when I, like, picked it up. And then okay. just, like, continued with the rest of the air and watching it, like, right as it came out. Oh, nice. So you, you kind of caught up and then were able to finish the series, like, in mm. real time, essentially. That's cool. Yeah, it's, man, it's, it's really unique. Like you don't, you don't see. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's a, a bucket load full of like animated comic book series that are out there, but you, you don't see them to the hard R degree that Invincible goes to. I mean, you have like, you know, you have Justice League, you have Batman the animated series, you have there's there's a ton of them out there. I mean, there's there's a million like Spider Man animated like movies and series right um but they don't put, get as detailed as they do with like the, the amount of blood and guts you see uh that gets splattered on screen here in fact the title screen i feel like is very telling i don't know if you guys noticed but like you know how they play the word invincible into the title screen yeah the title screen gets bloodier as the show continues did you guys notice that oh no yeah, i did like with <laughs> each new episode there's a new blood splatter yeah, it goes onto the screen, and by the and end, he's... it's like completely red. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's pretty cool. Didn't catch that. Nice. Um, yeah, I think it's safe to say that this is the most violent animated show I've ever seen. Um, yeah, we can get into the violence a little bit more later, but uh, real quick, just my experience. Um, yeah, compared to me, you guys are way early adopters because I feel like I came to this really late in the game. Basically every cool comics person I know, including you guys <laughs> were telling me that like, you got to watch the show. You just, just watch the show, man. It's amazing. You won't believe what you're going to see. Right. So um, yeah, I, it was one of those things. I mean, call it peer pressure or just the water cooler factor or whatever. But I just figured I have to see this at some point. So I did. In fact, just this past week, I, I watched it and I pretty much binged the season in like in like a few days. So it's pretty fresh in my mind. And um, yeah, 
it's uh pretty shocking you know like it didn't disappoint uh, on that front <laughs> like you know folks were pretty good about not spoiling plot points and that sort of thing to me but the consensus was like you're not going to believe what you're going to see you're not going to uh believe like the level of violence that sort of thing and uh yeah <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's all the the legends are true you know uh, i was it's not, I was it's not just um and it's not just limited to like the violent factor like there's like you know there's <laughs> there's there's explicit language there's there's yeah. sex there's everything a everything that you would imagine that could be in the real life of like these superheroes that like have like problems like they they really show that to the full extent yeah yeah it's it's an adult tv show in every sense basically right okay so let, let's get into the violence i mean that's that's like the headline for this show the the level of violence now uh, we we sort of alluded to it but the animation style in this show is is almost like at odds with the level of violence right it's this kind of cool old school 2d animation it kind of reminds me of when i was a kid you know in the afternoons after school watching like gi joe or transformers and stuff so it just made the violence that more shocking right because i felt like a kid watching this animation style but then to be subject to all the blood and the guts and the gore it's it was pretty hard to take it was it was a shock to the system right so what do you guys think about the level of violence do you think it was too much do you think it was gratuitous do you think it was appropriate what do you think uh, how about you christian what do you think here hmm it's definitely hyper violent uh i will say though i don't think it was gratuitous i don't i don't think it was too much like uh i guess going back to say like mortal kombat we were talking about mortal kombat and I would call that like gratuitous violence. Of course, it Mortal Kombat should be gratuitous with, with its fatalities, and when you watch the fatalities, but there there definitely is a shock factor to Invincible when Invincible just gets beat up and it's extremely bloody, and the characters really react to it and have like these very visceral reactions, and it's supposed to either shock the audience or shock us with the violence. As well as kind of show, um, like something I guess it, it's not realistic, but it is kind of realistic. It's, and when I say realistic, it's just like when you punch, like the other characters can feel it. You can see when when you, yeah. when Omni Man punches somebody, they get knocked back and they get pretty bloody. Whereas when you watch a lot of other superhero shows, they like uh, Superman the animated series. Superman will do a very similar punch. Just get back up with no blood. In a yeah. way where this yeah. goes all the way and shows you in a very uh, in very gory detail like what the power level of these characters are. And especially going into the last episode, I think it's meant to be over the top and shocking as much as it can be to really kind of drive the point home of who Omni-Man is and what Mark is up against. So that's what I think. Violence gets double thumbs up for me. <laughs> there you go. And yeah. just for just for context, now Christian, I know 
you're you're a bit of a, of a fan of this genre, like violent animation, yes. right? Yeah, so... this is like right up my alley. I <laughs> okay. I love uh, really really violent adult animation, um, and so like I uh, part of me is also like kind of used to this in a way, mm-hmm. <laughs> coming from like uh, Castlevania, which I also just finished up, and shows like um, Attack on Titan, and. And so this was great. This is exactly what I was looking for. There you go. I mean, that, I think that context is important just because, like, I, I'm, that me personally, true. I'm not very used to seeing these kind of images. But I was yeah. still, like, pretty shocked at what I was seeing. Like, there was some, that, there were some scenes that were straight up gruesome. Mm-hmm. All right. How about you, Rainier? That brings an interesting point. Like when it comes to like, when it comes to like comic book violence, like I think we very much romanticize the idea of what a fight is supposed to look like. Like, I think we're conditioned to see fights where they're choreographed and they look pretty with like a balance of brutality. But like, if you, you know, if you watch a UFC fight, it's nothing, it's nothing but violent, you know? Um, And like a street fight, like, someone's gonna someone's gonna break a nose someone's gonna get a bloody knuckle like now you enhance these fights with superpowers i mean you're gonna get heads like literally rolling and you're gonna see guts and bones broken like that's i mean if if superman were to punch a normal dude at full strength in real life i mean come on (laughs) and the velocity of that punch is gonna go right through that person's stomach you know what i mean and like i think that's what that's what they're showing here that like human life is fragile which really drives the point home with how the um what's that alien race that uh they're from uh what's it called true like how we find out in the end he's just like you know these they're just meat puppets like they they mean nothing to me and like look look at how fragile their lives are like they're they're just bugs that you can squash with your boot you know and i think that's that 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 message married with like the animation style of the violence that they showed. Like, I think that's where it's coming from. <laughs> yeah. 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 No question. It's a violent show. Um, yeah. I, I did struggle a bit thinking over like, did it need to be this violent? And I don't know. I kind of feel it didn't need to be this violent. Like, I felt there was a factor of wanting to shock the audience. Like they were specifically wanting to shock the audience. And from that perspective, I feel it, I feel it is a bit gratuitous. They were being violent for the, for the sake of shock value. Right. Um, And to get their message across to tell the story they wanted to tell, I felt like it didn't need to be quite, that violent i don't know maybe i'm getting soft in my old age or something but i, I did, just did found... you feel the same way did you feel the same way with like walking dead no i i've never felt that the tv show walking dead was too violent um yeah i don't know there's something really? about this show that i just it was hard to take I wonder if it's the way the animation, like what you mentioned earlier, the way the animation was delivered to you, like your yeah. brain was thinking one thing. And then when they showed you something different, like it completely conflicted. I think that's it. I think it's like the, that juxtaposition, right? Like literally like the last thing I watched 
with this animation style was like Pokemon, I choose you, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, shit, like you talk about a completely different thing. So yeah, just the shock value of seeing that animation, animation style with this level of violence, right? It no, was just I, I feel tough. like, I feel like Walking Dead is equally, if not more violent. But I think the thing is, is that like, we're brought into that world from like a very gritty place. So we expect yeah. it to be very dirty and like, you know, gruesome from the get-go. That, that's it. Like when you watch an episode of The Walking Dead, you're thrown into that world. It's a live action show. It's like kind of dimly lit. There's a lot of grays in it. And it's just kind of a dark feel from the beginning, right? It's not this bright, colorful show that Invincible is, right? So yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a shock to the system for sure. I, I think I think the the brutality of, of the violence on there. I don't I don't think that was like the award winning factor. Like I don't I don't think that's what kept me around. Like I I thought the characters were really interesting. Um, Invincible himself, the dynamic with his father and his mother. I feel like the violence was. I mean, I don't want to say like the icing on the cake, but it was really cool to see them go there. Yeah, that's a good point. Like what gets the headlines is the violence and what everyone's talking about is the level of violence. But uh, yeah, I think the real reason why people watch the show all the way through and why a lot of people enjoy the show a lot is, is more the characters in the story. Right. So yeah, maybe let's get into that a bit. Some of the highlights of the show. Um, yeah. So there are a lot of characters in the show, a lot of characters, um, and they are voiced by an amazing voice cast. I cannot believe the voice cast on this show. It's uh, filled with stars and like prominent people. A lot of cool actors are doing voices. Um, yeah, we brought up Walking Dead. And we're talking about like close to the entire cast of The Walking Dead are like doing voices on the show in some degree. Um, Steven Yun is, is the, the lead of the show. Um, but all throughout, sprinkled throughout, there are a lot of like Walking Dead alums who pop up here. And that's not it. I mean, you just go down the list. It's, it's pretty amazing. I don't think we have time to go through the whole thing, but um, it's a very high profile voice cast. And um, that's pretty awesome. You know, that's, that's, pretty cool and um so yeah you mentioned the characters right when you're like who are, who are some of your favorite characters on the show i i mean mark and and his father uh that whole family dynamic was i mean that's that was the center of the story um that was interesting it was i'm, I'm sure uh christian you, you probably saw this very early on when they were showing mark like he seemed like terry mcginnis to me like that oh yeah you know, he's, he's the young gun and um, not totally sure of himself. And he comes into this place of like potential power and he like grows into it, you know? Mm -hmm. The character I thought of, although I think Invincible came first, was uh, Superman's son, John, John Kent. Mm. Because I, you think of Omni-Man as like, oh, that's like this world Superman. And like how he kind of passes down his moveset to his son, John. Um, 
And it so that was me. that was my first thought, actually. It did take me a minute to try. I had to disassociate um, uh, J. Jo- J. Jonah Jameson's character from uh, uh, what's his name's voice. <laughs> J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, yeah. I had to. Yeah. I had to disassociate that for a bit. Like every time the episode started, and then yeah. the moment I could get that out of my head, okay, I, he's Omni Man now. <laughs> okay, let's talk about J.K. Simmons a little bit because. The character Omni-Man, who is a very prominent character in this show. I mean, he's essentially the second lead of the show. He has the powers of Superman, basically. He is, like, extremely brutal, <laughs> as we come to find out. The, the The real weird thing, though, is he has the powers of Superman. He, essentially, the body and costume of Superman as well. But his his face... And his voice are J. Jonah Jameson, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, that that tripped me out for the whole season, right? It's like Superman with J. Jonah Jameson's face and voice. And we, we're talking about the exact same actor who played J. Jonah Jameson in all three Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And uh, he was at the end of Far From Home also, right? So he is synonymous with J. Jonah Jameson, right? So... Yeah, that it just a total head trip, right? Um, yeah, it and th- this character is is just wild. I mean, I, it, I mean, I, I can't even really begin to 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 explain like the 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 trip I went through through this character Omni Man, right? Oh yeah, lots right? lots of dimensions to that guy because it's like you know you see him in the first episode killing his entire team. Yet he's like this great father to his son. He's a great husband to his wife. And so like the entire series up until the reveal is brought up. I'm trying to think maybe he did it for a good reason. Is that possible? Like that's, <laughs> that's the, that's the thing I was tripping over. Clearly it, there was no, it wasn't, it was good for him, but it wasn't yeah. good for anyone else. The, yeah. There was really no redemption for him in the end. Interesting though, like, those questions did come up like, and we're kind of jumping to the end a bit, but at the end, you know, ultimately he didn't kill his son. So I guess he kind of proved he had some feelings after all. Um, But yeah, you never really got the explanation of, or a satisfying explanation as to why he was like this mass murderer. Right. And you just kind of have to live with that. You're kind of stuck with that. It's yeah, it's a trip. Mm-hmm. Like I actually thought like, could he be mind controlled? Was that really him? Like I had all these different like kind of theories, but eventually I guess going off the Superman analogy, it turns out Omni man wasn't Superman. He was more like general Zod. <laughs> and that was yeah. the big twist was that he yeah. thought his dad was Superman, but really his dad's general Zod. Yeah. That was interesting because even the characters on the show were asking that they were like, he had to have been mind controlled or something like he wouldn't do that. He just, he wouldn't, you know, even his own family couldn't believe it. Right. Um, and then in the end, yeah, he wasn't mind controlled. He was doing this all on his own. So yeah, ultimately, a very evil character, right? What'd you guys think of uh, 
the teen team, the clear playoff of the teen Titans. <laughs> uh, I like their like arc and how they like have to become this new justice league or guardians of the globe, right. but they're not very good at their jobs and like they fight a lot and, but like in their big fight against the, uh, let's see, like that mob boss. Yeah. And he has that like intergalactic, like cat beast. Um, I forget, I forget their names, but they all just get completely wrecked. And I, I legit thought like one or two of them was, was like straight up dead. Oh yeah. And, like same. Mm-hmm. Like, cause just cause that was such a brutal fight and they just get their asses handed to them. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty interesting subplot the evolution of this young group of superheroes right they start off um you know kind of all over the place they didn't really know how to work as a team that well well i should say i guess when they were teen team they actually worked pretty well but when they were like promoted to be the new guardians of the globe that's when they were kind of all over the place right and it wasn't until the end of the season where they kind of got their act together. Um, yeah, that that uh, that villain team was kind of interesting. It had uh, uh, that character uh, Titan, right, who really seemed to be a take on Luke Cage, right? He's like this black guy who is uh, invulnerable. And in a move very similar to the end of the Netflix Luke Cage series, he becomes like a mob boss, right? And uh, and he, he turns out to be like a bad guy. Um, but yeah, I, that was pretty surprising. I, I did not expect the the superheroes to to get beaten so brutally in that scene. I, I think I thought that was like that was going to be their moment to sort of like show that show their worth, right? But yeah, they got beat down. <laughs> Yeah, man, there's so many. I just watched the show, but yeah, there's so many like kind of crazy moments throughout the season. Um, you know what I thought we could go to next is uh, just kind of the shout outs and homages and references to other superhero properties. And we, we've kind of delved into it a little bit already, but I found this show to be like chock full of references, right? So they were really going for modeling their characters after these like really well-known superhero archetypes right so we mentioned omni-man is like clearly based on superman um this titan guy is like a luke cage type like what else do we got i feel like there, there's just a ton of them right there's like a, a shrinking hero a la adam slash ant-man um, there's a super fast hero red rush right clearly a flash slash quicksilver type right i mean there's there's so many. There's a there's a Batman character. I guess his name is uh, Darkwing, right? Um, pretty cool. How about that devil guy? I think he was a playoff of like if Hellboy and Constantine had a baby. Oh yeah. Oh, some serious uh, Hellboy vibes from that dude. And yeah, Constantine as well, of course. Yeah. yeah there's just yeah. There's everything is in reference to something else on this show, which is which is kind of cool. One guy, the the guy with the scar on his face that worked for the government, did he give you like Nick? Oh, um, did he give you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did he give you um, uh, Nick Fury vibes? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. could teleport. <laughs> Nick Fury that could teleport basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
and and that whole organization was like kind of like shield right definitely had that that feel to it um, well, just, what, what do you yeah, think uh yeah. what do you think seth seth rogan's character was drawn from <laughs> oh the <laughs> alien dude rogan? oh was that the alien that mark fought yeah talked yeah. at the end like yeah, every yeah. year he would have like a fight with him like <laughs> I wonder if that was just a play on like the trope of just like returning villains. And he thought kind like, oh, that. like I just want a returning villain that like doesn't actually know like what oh, yeah. he's doing. He just kind of shows up to fight thinking he's like, didn't he think he was like going to a different planet or something? Right. Yeah, I I got that when they were sitting on the moon, like talking together, I was getting like Dr. Manhattan vibes. <laughs> oh, huh? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm telling you, every little thing in the show mm -hmm. feels like a reference to some past superhero thing, you know. A couple others I noticed. Um, uh, Omni-Man mentions, like, throwing shit into outer space. That's, like, totally a Superman thing, right? It's, it's like, kind of a joke, right? Um, the, uh, oh, on Viltrum, Omni-Man's home planet, um, the origin story behind this like mass colonization of the universe by Viltrumites is that planet Viltrum is, is half wiped out. Exactly half the population is eliminated. That sound familiar. <laughs> it's a total Thanos thing. Right. So I'm sure we're just like scratching the surface in terms of like comic reference stuff. Um, yeah. On this level, like the show's, a big treat for comics fans right there's so much uh we can like reference to that that's pretty speaking cool. of like um we were talking about space I, did you like the explanation of how like when mark asked omni man about like how do you how do you breathe in space and his father was just like you don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. uh such a simple explanation so he basically held his breath well, let's see. Most of the time when he was like shot out to Mars with that team. Oh, no, he, he had a helmet, didn't he? That's right. He had a helmet oh, at yeah. some point. But I do remember him in space without a helmet. And yeah, he, he did have to hold his breath. So. You're super in every way, which means holding your breath as well. There you go. Oh, I, I thought of another character that um, I would say another great performance uh, was uh, Sandra O's character um the mom yeah. Uh, yeah she was definitely a play on lois lane and how um i think she's a journalist right in the didn't she work for... i thought she was a real estate oh that's right she's yeah. she works in real estate <laughs> she's not a journalist but she does investigate omni-man oh that's yeah. right yeah she and does her, a lot that's, of that's that. her whole entire subplot is is yeah her investigating with like the bloody costume and like talking to people and talking to Cecil, like all behind Omni-Man's back. There was something that hit me pretty hard when like you see Omni-Man and his wife, like in their relationship, like their family dynamic, like it's like an all American family. Right. Yeah. And that, that, that point at the end where he was telling Mark, he's like, you know, the, the way I loved your mother was more of like a pet. And I was like, Oh God, that's got to sting so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she hears it too. She hears yeah, it and reacts to it. it. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I feel like even more than the Mark character, the uh, the mom, the Debbie character is like 
the the relatable character for the audience like that's our entryway into this story right because she doesn't have powers and she's just trying to figure this out like we are right um and yeah yeah a very powerful character for sure what do you guys think oh good uh i was gonna say also like one thing that made like i was like thinking about is like how many times in a superhero comic show movie do they focus on the mom like you like almost always with superhero characters their mom and dad are dead yeah with like every character batman superman spider-man iron man like all of their parents are dead or like that or like one of them's dead or they had to live with the different like there's always like a surrogate parent maybe but you never just have mom and dad unless they were like already previous like say like john kent or something like that you know yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you you mentioned surrogate parent. I I thought that the mom was going to be more like an Aunt May kind of character. She might like be in trouble. They might have to save her later in the season. But definitely not. Like you're saying, Christian, she became um, more of like a Lois Lane kind of character who is like definitely more involved in the in the story and and like the investigation of things. So that was kind of cool to see. So what do you guys think about the the high school dynamic? Definitely got some like, you know, Peter and MJ and Gwen Stacy and Flash Thompson kind of vibes at, at the high school. Right. Um, yeah. How, how did how did that all go for you? Did you find you were like, let's move away from this. Let's get into the superhero stuff. Or was that interesting to you guys? Hmm. I do think it was a little like yeah, it was probably a little weaker than I think the family dynamic. Like some yeah. of the high school stuff. Um like Amber Amber was all was uh all right, I think. Um I thought it was kind of weird when like she gets really mad at Mark for like leaving to go fight the guy, you know, that was like right in that was attacking like the the campus they were at. But then but then like she already like a scene or two later. She already says that she knows Mark is invincible and figured it out already. Yeah, and so uh, I was like, "Ah, oh, that's that was kind of confusing." So that I feel like that was a little inconsistent. Um, and so like some of the school characters besides Adam Eve were like kind of under, uh, like a little underdeveloped, but I didn't mind it. I did I, I did kind of enjoy those parts and like they kind of tapped into that kind of more Spider-Man vibe. And it's, it's, it's cool to see him like try to balance his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm such an old man. I feel so far removed from like what high school relationships are like. <laughs> so maybe that's why I glossed over that part so much. Um, but like, yeah, definitely like Mary Jane and Peter vibes. Um, it was interesting to see that, like, you know, that, I mean, that, it's it's almost just like repackaging <laughs> Peter Parker and Mary Jane, yeah. but like you see the extent to which he's you know Mark is trying to like hide his identity to the point where it's just completely obvious, you know, um, like we see it, and I think we for the most part see his girlfriend see it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It, it that seemed kind of like a minor part of the big of of like the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, 
it was kind of cool to see like another cool superhero trope shown in a pretty cool way like you know the superhero uh, the, the 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 high school teenage angst stuff um but yeah it, it all kind of took a backseat to to the to the main storylines um and yeah like you were near i kind of <laughs> i was kind of thinking the same thing like am i just like too old to relate to these kind of stories because Man, uh, you touched upon a little bit, Christian, but I could not stand Amber. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, why are you why are you so angry at Mark all the time? Like, he can do no right to you, right? <laughs> I just didn't get it. You know, I just I, I found myself like really like disliking her. Um, yeah, it did get annoying. I agree with right? that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just as we get older, just teenagers make less and less sense to us or something. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, but she I mean, she was very inconsistent. I mean, just her reactions to things like I don't know. It just it was it. There was no logic to it. Maybe that's the point. She's she's a teenage girl. There's not a whole lot of logic going on like in general, I guess. But um, yeah, I, 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 she bugged me. She, she rubbed me the wrong way. How, what'd you guys think of, um, Mark Hamill's character that, that Taylor that made, uh, Omni-Man an, an invincible suit. I think he pretty much makes like everyone, every superhero suit, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the impression yeah. I got. Or- I thought that was very much in vain of like, um, like the Kingsman or, uh, yeah. even Edna mode from invincible, the, uh, Oh my god, the Incredibles. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, I mean another superhero trope. You got to have, you know, the guy behind the scenes helping out, right? Whether it's like Micro helping out the Punisher or like um like Ned in the Spider-Man movies, like the dude in the chair or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's cool to see like they they honored that that uh, archetype as well, and to have Mark Hamill be the voice is pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I, I always thought that was a cool question. Like, if you became a superhero, how would you design your own suit? And uh, I like how he answered that. He's like, "Well, what's your what's your superhero name?" <laughs> mm-hmm. And he wants something iconic. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, even though this has this old school 2d animation look to it like we've been talking about it has a lot of like realism to it like the violence is is much more realistic than marvel and dc comics right if superman's gonna punch a dude it's more likely gonna be like what we see in the show than what we actually see in superman comics right and same thing with this guy right the fact that he's like a professional superhero costume maker, that makes sense. He's the guy to go to. Like, it never made sense with Spider-Man comics or Spider-Man movies that Peter Parker would create his own costume. Like, I guess in uh, in Homecoming, they kind of play with that, right? It's like a kind of shitty costume that he creates. But in like the first Raimi Spider-Man, like this regular, you know, pretty smart obviously but basically a regular high school student creates this like incredible costume like how the fuck did he do that right and you're given no explanation Uh, so this is i feel like 
a more realistic take, right? There's an act, there's a guy you go to for this kind of thing. That's kind of cool. I, I do have an appreciation for like the Sam Raimi, like the original costume that Peter Parker put together. And then like the original costume that Peter Parker put together in uh, the MCU, how it's just like a hoodie and like sweatpants. It's just like, yeah. you're on a shoestring budget. Like you're not a professional cosplayer. That's what you're going to build. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah, do have a respect for that. Kid would make, but, you know? Yeah. See, that's, that's exactly my thought. Like, okay. If he's like a rich kid, maybe he can make it happen somehow, but we know that Peter Parker doesn't have money. Like how the hell did he create that first costume in Spider-Man one? You're, you're given like no indication how he came up with that. Right. So it's kind of silly. And yeah, like the homecoming costume, the initial one makes a lot more sense. And the subsequent one, right? When Tony Stark is funding your new costume, then, okay, yeah, I get it. So what else? Yeah, we've talked quite a bit about like what we enjoyed. Um, anything come up short for you guys on this show? Like I mentioned, the Amber character was like a kind of a low point for me. Um, what about you guys? Any anything uh, could have been done better? You think? Oh, I got something. So, uh, what did you guys think about the actual quality of the animation? Did you guys notice like? Was that good? Was that good for you guys? Like, did you guys notice any like stiffness or any like just stiffness is the word I'm looking for? Because I I noticed that it definitely looked a lot stiffer than mm-hmm. uh, say like Castlevania or like other animated shows, Rick and Morty. You know, did it look yeah. stiff? That's an interesting question. I, I mean, it felt pretty fluid to me for the most part. I guess maybe because okay. I wasn't specifically looking for that, but I I also am wondering if that's the look they were they were going for. It could have been like I definitely got flashback at like watching like a lot of like older anime. What I'll notice is that um, when they want to choreograph a scene, uh, the animation will be very fluid, and then uh, for everything else, they'll just have people like kind of just standing in place, like still frames with just mouths moving. To mm. kind of save on budget and like move as least as possible, and so I definitely noticed that here. There were some parts that I was like, "Oh, that looks a little too rough," personally. Um, but I also watched like a lot of animation, so like it's just—I don't know if that's something I may have picked up on. Um, I don't know. Did you like? Did you guys pick up on that at all? Or yeah, kind of what Rainier was saying. I feel like maybe it was almost on purpose. Like I, I did notice a little stiffness here and there, but I think they were kind of going for that. They were kind of going for the, the, the glitchy sort of flawed old school animation looking feel of things. Um, and overall, like I, I dug that, you know, like I, I enjoyed seeing that um, there were some splashes of like more like, modern animation where they like kind of amped it up a bit i kind of wish they they didn't do that though because then it kind of took away from the old school feel right it kind of took me away from that like retro feeling um so yeah i'm i'm almost thinking i wish it was a little more stiff and glitchy than the final product which was um you know maybe a little bit too 
too glossy and and sparkly for me at times. Oh. When I think of stiff and glitchy, the, I, um, Super Friends comes to mind. Is that is yeah. that like your frame of reference? Oh, that's totally what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like that. Or it's I like mean, just an arm is moving. <laughs> yeah, the arms, or maybe the mouths are like out of sync or something. You know. Yeah. And like, oh, one thing I noticed on this show that I definitely noticed in like old school animation is, is like kind of the uh, over, overly done um, reactions that the characters have. You know, like if, if this was like live action, you know, the director would be cut, cut, cut. No, you're, no, no, you're overdoing it. Like, you know, um, make it more subtle, make it more subtle, like tone it down, tone it down. But uh, yeah, that's just like, you know, the old school nature of things. Like when you're a kid watching these characters, like they, they can't be, uh, the gestures and the behaviors can't be too subtle, right? They have to make it kind of overacting. And I, I did see that here. So that was, that was pretty, pretty nice to see. You guys had a much more positive outlook than me, I guess. <laughs> but hey, that's good. That's good. I was like, do you guys I'm think this show? Do you guys think this show would have worked as a live action versus an animated series? Hmm. Do you think it would have had a, a, as much as an impact? That's a good question. <laughs> you know, this might lead into our, our next topic pretty well, but I feel like they've kind of already made the live action version of this show and it's called the boys. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it, mm -hmm. I think it'd be too similar to the boys if they made this a live action show, right? Like a, a violent superhero deconstruction live action show. Like, yeah, there, there already exists one of those. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I, yeah, I that's true. I want to say it won't work. Uh, when you think of like the overall world of Invincible, how there's like Martians and there's a lot of space, and um, there's an episode where there's like um, a giant invade, like this like giant alien invasion, and at the end you see like Omni Man go through this portal and just 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 completely destroy the entire planet. And there's a lot of things I thought like I, like I I feel like with a live action budget you probably couldn't do as much oh uh, yeah that's a good point of, or like that cat beast character that shows up yeah like whereas um or the cat that's the, the one that they pump with steroids right and like <laughs> is that the one you're talking about i think so. the guy with like the big mace uh who was like working for um the oh boss. yeah the yeah. one that almost killed mark <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah and, yeah, how do you <laughs> how do you make that in a live action yeah. show? <laughs> yeah, and not well, to mention, boys, I guess if the boys could do it, <laughs> I guess well, so. True. Like, I, I... but not to mention the big like Cthulhu creature they fight late in the season, right? Like that's mm -hmm. that's a pretty big budget ask right there. Also, so that's a good point. Yeah, like budget wise, it just <laughs> you you can't really make this show <laughs> unless you have like huge deep pockets yeah like i feel like like if you had like a marvel budget you know you you could make it work if you had like the marvel movie budget you know mm -hmm. and 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 there's the conundrum disney would never make this show yeah right? this is not <laughs> not happening 
Okay, uh, so yeah, let's talk about superhero deconstruction a bit. So I mentioned how this show uh, resembles the boys in a lot of ways, right? So um, yeah, maybe that's a, a nice comparison. This show versus the boys versus Watchmen, right? These are three like superhero deconstruction franchises. Um, how do they compare to each other? Preferences, you know, this sort of thing. Think? Actually, I'm actually still stuck on your comment about the boys and Invincible. If it were live action, that it would basically be the same show. I don't actually. Now that I think about it, I I don't know because the thing is, is like we know about Compound V, right, with the boys. Um, whereas like Invincible, we have aliens and other dimensions and 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 cyborgs and I think there's I think there's differences. I feel like. For a second, I was thinking, oh, maybe it is an extension of like the boys, but maybe not. Yeah, that's a solid point. Like on the surface level, there are a lot of similarities. It's it's an ultra violent superhero story, but that's maybe where the similarities end, right? Like with the boys, the protagonist is well, the protagonists are are not super powered, right? Whereas with Mark here, he's one of the most powerful beings in the universe right so um yeah it is different i agree good point mm -hmm. um but i would i would still say that uh both both uh stories are are what we would consider superhero deconstructions and i would say the watchmen uh stories are as well so how do they all fit together you know like what do you guys think? Okay. Uh, so Henry, have you seen, have you finished the boys? I have I don't want to like accidentally spoil. <laughs> I actually just finished. Are you talking about season two or I, um, I just finished season two actually. I get, okay. So I've seen all of the, like uh, season one and two. Yeah. I've um, just seen season one. Okay. Yeah. So I won't spoil anything of, of um, season two or try my hardest not to. Um, but I would say with like uh, Watchmen and uh, the boys is that they feel a lot more political. Uh, like with Watchmen, you have the Vietnam War and you have um, like I think Richard Nixon like stays president a long time in the in the yeah. world of the Watchmen. Yeah. And like Watchmen's very light on action, which is very subversive. And like with the with the big monster at the end. And the boys, of course, you have like um the corporation that's controlling them, uh, Vought, and and how that almost like kind of mimics like Disney, and and how um, there's like two sides to the heroes where like they have this like outward persona and then who they really are uh, behind closed doors, and so I think with with this show, it. It definitely, it doesn't really have, or at least what we've seen so far, like I said, I have not read the comics, but the world is definitely much more fantastic with those, whereas in the other ones, you only have like a couple like little fantastic elements here and there, whereas this one, you have like aliens and invasions and several different powers um, that aren't like completely traced to one specific source. And I would say it's more about like character actions in this show it's more about like taking certain tropes and like subverting them with with different character actions 
rather than um how, like using its its subversions to to hand you like a specific like message whereas like the boys definitely had something more socio-political to say same with watchmen whereas um it seems like i don't really get that as much from invincible not that that's a bad thing but i think it uses its subversion subversion in like a different way you know that's that's my take well super solid i think you nailed it right there christian um yeah i i do agree that uh um while you can consider all three of these a version of superhero deconstruction they're they're all very different and uh have uh different appeal factors and tell ultimately very different stories for sure okay hey so this show has already been renewed for two more seasons. Seasons two and three are greenlit. What do you guys think think is next for Invincible? Any thoughts there? Ooh. I feel like whatever I'm going to say, I'm going to get like completely wrong because I haven't read the comics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. I guess. I guess we should note that, like. None of us have read the Invincible comics. Like I haven't. Is that the same for you guys? Yeah, yeah same. Have not touched any. Of okay, them. so so we're so we're uh, it's kind of fair game. We have no no expectations there, right? Um, so yeah, our predictions are are are, are genuine and 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 fresh, right? <laughs> Untainted. Yeah, Christian, you you were about to say something. You had some predictions. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, so there were definitely like kind of a bunch of stories that kind of went throughout season one that, um, that kind of left on like a bit of a cliffhanger that I think they're going to follow up a little more on season two, such as the mob boss storyline with that Luke Cage like character. Um, mm -hmm. and then there's that episode where Mark goes to Mars and it kind of ends with like the Martians being taken over by that. Uh, it was like that parasite like creature. Oh yeah. So I think those will kind of come back and develop a little more. Um uh I have a feeling we probably won't we might not see Omni Man season two. That's my guess. Or if we do, it'll be like towards the end. And I think we might see more Viltrum like as a whole, maybe another Viltrumite or something like that. Oh, that's a pretty solid take. Yeah, I I definitely feel like we haven't seen the last of Omni Man, but the fact that they mentioned they're doing season two and three, yeah, it might be a case where we don't see them in season two at all, or maybe just at the very end, and then we see like the primary continuation of his story in season three. I, I could see that, and then yeah, the fact that there are tons of Viltrumites out in the universe yeah that kind of makes you feel like okay we're the fact that we've only seen omni-man and invincible and no none other right the yeah if i feel like okay we're probably going to see some more upcoming in some way yeah i, I totally agree what about you uh Rainier? any thoughts um... about the future of invincible I mean, I think some of the low-hanging fruit would be Invincible possibly going to Viltrum. Um, 
seeing that side of his world. Uh, I, I don't know. I think Omni-Man could come back. <laughs> um, Cause you know, he left and yeah. um, that's there. I think for, I don't know, maybe we'll see something with Invincible. I think something with Invincible and Adam Eve, I mean, they're, they should have been boyfriend and girlfriend from the beginning. <laughs> right. Um, Ooh, yeah. But who knows? Uh, but yeah, not, not else, not sure where else it's going to go. Uh, I mean, there's so many characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll probably see more of, uh, what's the name of that guy that turned the robot that turned into a human again? Was he, was he oh. the robot? Oh, I can't forget his yeah, name. robot. I, that was his name. Was yeah, his robot. name was literally robot. robot but I guess yeah. when he became human, his name was Rudy. Rudy. Rudy yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting transition seeing his character like clone himself. And he's like, you know, you're not recreate. You're, you're, you're basically making a copy and you're just, I'm, I'm going to die. And I'm like, well, that's, that's, that's pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. And he's like, go live your life to the fullest, you know, <laughs> the ultimate like hail Mary. Yeah. Oh, speaking uh, of like awesome voice casting, the robot character is voiced by Zachary Quinto, yeah, Zachary Quinto. who yeah. who played Spock, right? So you talk about perfect casting. This robot character is a robot, so he had like this emotionless side to him, like Spock, but also like Spock, you find out he's actually part human after all, right? So like it's just it's just like 100% nailed it with, with the casting there. And that yeah. goes for like so many of the characters in this show. I'm also curious, like, is Mark going to continue into college? Like, are they going to follow that part of his life? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're bringing up a lot of Peter Parker type stuff, right? You know, in, in the comics, we see Peter Parker go to college, etc. And then, yeah, the Adam Eve thing, too. I could totally see that continuing on so they sort of touched upon this like love triangle thing very peter gwen mj thing going on and um, i could see that like continuing on throughout the future seasons also totally and and we haven't even seen like the 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 personal lives of all the other characters from uh teen team you know Mm -hmm. um so there's that yep they could definitely go deeper with with those those guys Okay, rating time. Out of five stars, what would you give season one of Invincible? How about you, Christian? Ooh, all right. So I've been really thinking about giving it a five. Um, I think it hits a lot of like really high notes within it, between like the very stellar voice cast. I loved the soundtrack. While not every like writing beat hit for me, I think the ones that hit really hit. Um, I really enjoyed the level of violence. Um, I would say that uh, like the like like I said, the animation uh, looked a little rough for me at times. But hey, that that could just be that could also be just me. So I'd say five, maybe you know five five four point five like is is where I'm at. Cool. Uh, how about you, Rainier? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to pick up the comic. I want to see how it translates. And I can't imagine that they deviated from the source material too, too differently. So for that aspect alone, I'm giving it a five. Um, like, it's a cool show. I want to see where it goes. 
hey, that's kind of a cool gauge. How much do you want to go read the comics? <laughs> like that, that's, that's kind of a good factor in, in rating a, a show or a movie, right? Um, I'm curious about the comic too. Um, but yeah, I don't think I enjoyed this show quite as much as you guys. Um, I'd mentioned earlier, I thought the violence was a little bit too gratuitous. Um, maybe more important than that, though, is I don't I didn't think there was a huge fun factor to the show. Um, there is a, a comedic vibe to it, but it's very darkly comedic, right? It's on the dark side, uh, maybe too much so. And um, yeah. And bottom line is maybe I just couldn't quite get over the the, uh, the, the blood and guts of it all. <laughs> I, it's weird because, you know, I, I'm I'm by no means like a person who is turned off by violence. Like some of my most favorite movies of all time are very violent. You know, we're talking Quentin Tarantino. I love that stuff. Right. Um, there's something about this show that just uh, I, I just it was hard for me to take and yeah, we just, we keep going back to it, but um, just the, the look of the show versus the violence of the show, just, it, it, it was, it was kind of a lethal combination for me, I guess. Um, I'm still going to give it a recommendation. You know, it's, it's definitely worth seeing. Like um, uh, when all my, my homies were telling me, you, you got to see the show. Um, I feel like, yeah, I had to see the show and uh, I, you know, it was a cool experience to go through. Uh, but yeah, ultimately more of a mild recommendation. So I'm going to go three out of five for Invincible. So recommendations across the board. Uh, if you haven't seen Invincible, go check it out. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Christian Rainier and Henry.